and welcome back to the small introvert den i am your podcaster sally and and in today's podcast of did you believe we have a very special episode today because it's the birthday of stanley and today's podcast in particular i'm not gonna bring you 10 facts but about 40 <laughs> i know Ah, it? Shiznit, shiznut. What the ding dong is that? Ah, it's just my phone. What can I say? My phone hates me. Whatcha? Now, we all know who Stanley is, but do we know what he did? I mean, other than being the comic book legend and the creator of Marvel he not only helped to create some of the world's most iconic superheroes but he also did inspire us and moved us with the background stories that he created for these characters now sadly Stanley passed away in 2018 in November but his influence will forever live on and so are also his cameos in the movies now we all know who stanley is his his name is stanley martin lieber or lee which how his family actually called him now his origins let's talk about that fact number one he became an editor at Timely Comics in 1941. Timely Comics would eventually be renamed Atlas Comics in the 50s. And he rebranded it again as Marvel Comics in 1961. The same Marvel we all know and love today. Fact number two. Prolific. In collaboration with several artists including Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko. The created, he created Spider-Man, The Hulk, Doctor Strange, The Fantastic Four, Iron Man, Daredevil, Thor, The X-Men, and many others well-known fictional characters. Fact number three, H-O-F. Now, Hoff, if you don't know who it is, or you don't know what it is, it's the Hall of Fame. Now, he was inducted into the comic book industry's Will Einzer Award Hall of Fame in 1994 and the Jack Kirby Hall of Fame in 1995. Lee received a National Medal of Arts in 2008 and sometimes it takes a long time to get recognized for your hard work. Fact number four, higher power. Now Lee was raised in a Jewish family, and in 2002 survey of whether he believes in God, he stated, well, let me put this way, no. <laughs> I'm not going to try to be clever, I really don't know, I just don't know. Well, none of us do, Stan, none of us do, my friend. Fact number four, Lee's favorite authors include Stephen King, A.G. Wells, Mox Twine, Arthur Conan Doyle, William Shakespeare, Charles Dickens, and Harlan Ellison. Here's the thing. 
the first his first um favorite author is actually my favorite author which is Stephen King and also Dickens wow fact number what was that fact number five whoopsie IRL or in real life when Spider-Man married Mary Jane in 1987 Marvel held a publicity event at the Shea Stadium in New York featuring the actors dressed like Spider-Man and Mary Jane Stan officiated the wedding ceremony sadly Stan's not available for weddings oh my god ah, fact number eight in 1998 Stan signed a lifetime deal with Marvel Enterprises Inc the contract only requires that he spend 10% of his time with the company in 2012 reddit Q&A thread he told the fan I don't have any spare time uh, any spare spare Spot, what the heck? Any spare time? Well, we can tell, Mr. Legend. We can tell. Well, I'm not talking about Johnny Lennon, I'm talking about Stan Lee. So. Fact number seven Obligated. It's no secret that Stan has cameo roles in many Marvel movies, but did you know that this is actually a part of his contract? Well, yes. A special clause in the agreement specifies that Stan must appear in any film based on one of his characters. And he, of course, paid for his time, so it's not as terrible. Eh. Fact number nine. Well, Stan got it. <clears throat> in 2012, Stan co-wrote a New York Times best-selling graphic novel for... 1,821 comics called Romeo and Juliet, The War. The graphic novel is a retelling of the classical tale. But both families are superhuman soldiers who, after having crushed their mutual enemies, turned on each other. Ooh. Fact number nine. His favorite. Now, when asked which Marvel supervillain he would want to become, Stan always said he would become he would want to become Dr. Doom. He thinks that Dr. Doom is a misunderstood and that just because he wants to rule the world doesn't mean he is a hundred percent evil. Uh <clears throat> and perhaps do a better job than what we are already doing. Well I don't know about you, buddy. Fact number ten his motto uh, Stan's trademark catchphrase is "Exilier," means ever upward. It also is the New York State motto. As the Al Gore's motto in South Park's "Man Bear Pig" episode. Wow. Fact number eleven. Stan Lee is the recipient of the two thousand and four hundred and twenty eighth Star of Hollywood Walk of Fame. It is located at 7072 Hollywood Boulevard in front of the Live Nation building. For those of you who live in Hollywood or who are in the U.S., you should just visit it. I just gave you the address. Thank me later. Oh, fact number 12. Stanley reveals this secret of his slicked-backed mane on the second page of his memoir. My whole adult life, I have never been to a barber. He writes, 
Joanne always cuts my hair. Sadly, Joanne passed away earlier this year. Our condolences to Stan and his family. Well, to the Stans. <clears throat> I'm so sorry. Fact number 13. Before writing about fantastic lives of the fictional characters, Stanley wrote Antomortem obituaries for celebrities at undisclosed news office in New York. He says that he eventually quit that job because it was too depressing. Hmm. Fact number 14. A week into his job at the Timely Comics, Lee got the opportunity to write a two-page Captain America comic. He wrote it under the pen of under the pen name Stan Lee, which is now his legal name, with technically, and titled it Captain America Foils the Traitor's Revenge. His first full comic script would come in uh, Captain America issue number five, published August 1st. 1941. Fact number... Where am I? Ah, shit. Fact number, what, 14? I think. No. 14 or 15. <coughs> Hold on. I'm such a dig nog. Uh, 12, 15, 14, okay. 15. The Peers. After being transferred from the Army Signal Corps in New Jersey, Lee worked as a playwright in the training film division in Queens with eight other men, including a few who went to, on to be very famous. Poltreist prize-winning author William Saroyan, cartoonist Charles Adams, the creator of The Adams Family, and director Frank Copra, Mr. Smith Goes to Washington and Its Wonderful Life, and Theodore Diesel, also known as Dr. Seuss. What a team that must have been. Wow. Ah, fact number... Where am I? Oh, boy. Fact number 16. Good guy, Stan. In 1971, Lee received a letter from the Department of Health, Education, and Welfare asking him to put an anti-drug message in one of his books. He came up with a Spider-Man story that involved Spidey's best friend, Harry, abusing pills after a bad breakup. The CCA, which is the comic uh uh i don't remember it's something with authority anyway it's the authority of comic books in the u.s i have seen it in another uh, list i just don't remember the name uh would not approve the story because of the mention of drug abuse but lee convinced his publisher martin goodman to run the comic anyway and just like his heroes stan does what needs to be done in fact, number 17, the Hulk was supposed to be gray, but Lee writes that, that the printer had a hard time keeping the color consistent. So as of issue number two, Lee writes, with no explanation, he turned green. Oh, man. That's well. God darn. <laughs> fact number... Where am I? Fact number 18. According to Lee... During an argument, Joanne destroyed the typewriter he used to write the first issues for his iconic characters, including Spider-Man and the Fantastic Four. Now, this happened before eBay. Oh, man, too bad. I could have auctioned the parts and made a mint. Oh, oh the poor guy. 
Fact number 19. When Lee moved his family to LA, he set up a studio in Van Nuys, where he stored videotapes of his interviews along with a bust of his wife <laughs> that he commissioned. The building was lost to a blaze at that the fire department believed was arson, but no one was ever charged with the crime. Oh, too bad. Fact number 20, wedding crashers. Oh boy. Okay. All right. We're going with the weirdness of Stanley. Ah, goodness golly. The beginning of the first Spider-Man film in 2002, Stanley has made cameos in Marvel films as a service to the fans. He says that his appearance in Fantastic in Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer was inspired by the story of Reed and Susie Richards' wedding in Fantastic Four, in which he and artist writer Jack Kirby attempt to crash the ceremony but thwart. This, <laughs> this, that's just one of the many Stanley cameos we have seen in recent Marvel movies. Fact number 21, feel the beat. In late September 2012, Lee underwent a serious surgery to have a pacemaker implanted, canceling planned appearances in conventions. Fans were disappointed but happily, but happy that their idol was going to be sticking around. Oh. Fact number 22, he was honored, yes, Four years earlier, in 2008, President George W. Bush presented Stan with the American National Medal for Arts, like I said it in the beginning. Now, Stan is the only comic book writer to ever receive the honor. Pack number 23, GOAT. Stanley Fantastic Forward Jack Kirby, considered to be the greatest and most influential superheroes Superhero comic of all time. Fact number 24. Since, 2000, since the 2000s X-Men, Lee has appeared in 16 films based on Marvel Comics characters that he either created or helped to create during his time with Marvel. Fact number 25. Spider Lee. Yes, you heard me right. One of the exclusive offers for the game adaptation of The Amazing Spider-Man was playing a short side quest via DLS, DLC, where you play as Stan himself, yes, looking for the last pages of his manuscript while using the, all the powers of the Spider-Man's disposal. It's actually quite fun to see someone other than Spider-Man doing the Spider-Man things, let alone Stan Lee! Yes, you heard me right. And I think I will actually download this game. I will look for it. I will damn look for it and just play it again. But actually the first version. So not exactly this one. Fact number... Oh. Fact what? I don't remember. Hold up. So 22, 23, 24, 25, 26. Stanley owns his own comic book. Convention, sort of, well, kinda. In 2012, Stanley and Regina Carpinelli, the founder and CEO of Kamikaze Expo, announced that Stanley will become a partner in the company, and soon after Kamikaze was rebranded as Stanley's Kamikaze. Talk about getting closer to your fans. Fact number 
Fact number... Oh, dear lord. Fact number 26. Uh, scholarly. What? Stanley has donated a large portion of his personal effects to the University of Wyoming at various times, between 1981 to 2001. So for those of you who have studied at that period, you should thank him. Fact number... Oh, man. Oh, sheesh. Uh, 27? 28. Stanley Foundation was founded... was founded in 2010 to focus on literacy, education, and art. Its stated goals include supporting programs and ideas that improve the access to literacy resources, as well as promoting diversity, national literacy, culture, and art. Oh, he's such a nice guy. He was such a nice guy, I'll be honest. Fact number... What? 29? Yeah, 29. Oh. Lee championed close col collaboration between comic book writers and artists. The collaborative approach was known as the Marvel Method. In 2010, he told CNN, All of my life in comics, I have worked with artists, and I have collaborated with them. And I would write down the original story... They would draw it, and I would edit it, and do the art direction. So everything I've done has always been a collaboration. And speaking of which, a fun fact. I know it's not going to be mentioned here. But he actually worked at DC Comics in Washington. Yes, he has. I think it was in issue... I don't remember. I know he did a bending... Uh, a bending characters of making uh, Batman black, uh, Catwoman a guy, and I think, uh, I don't know, I, that's the only two characters that I still remember. And I think it was in, what, in the 70s? Yeah. I don't know, I, I don't know if it is 75 or 78. I know that these characters until this day are still existing, and I think they are existing in the multiverse, uh, in the Earth 314 or 44, one of the two. You should just check it out, which is kind of cool. Um, in fact, number 30, first steps, Lee and his Marvel collaborators unveiled the Fantastic Four in 1961. The group is known as Marvel's answer to the Justice League from the rival publisher DC Comics. Huh, how funny. 31. New Ventures. In 2001, Stan started POW Entertainment. The company is a multimedia development and licensing company that creates and licenses animated and live-action fantasy and superhero entertainment content and merchandise, leveraging the creative output and the branded image of Stan Lee. Aww. Here we are at IRL in part two. Now, uh, oh, my ear, my ear is itchy. Gosh, isn't it? I'm in fact number 32. The History Channel launched the series Stanley's Superhuman in 2010, which documented people with extraordinary skills and abilities, and the show was moderately successful. But, unfortunately, it was cancelled four years after it first aired. 
Now, I do not know why, but I presume it's because of facts that were not uh, put out exactly right about Stanley. I presume. I don't know. I haven't looked for it. Ooh, now it's fact number 33. Sporty. Yes. Stan partnered with the NHL in 2011 to form a Guardian Media to form ah to form Guardian Media Entertainment. The company creates superhero characters for each NHL NHL hockey team. The promotion was also short-lived, but thanks to the internet, the years are available for your viewing pleasure. <sighs> Fact number 34, Shifty. <laughs> There it is. Oh, it's for the names. After leaving Marvel in the late 90s, Stan Lee was approached by a man named Peter Paul, who pitched Lee on a project called Lee Stan Lee Media. This was a company where Lee could release any project that he wanted without having the Marvel executive approval. Lee thought this was great, but there was just one problem. Paul was using the Stanley brand to rob their investors. While Lee was releasing new characters like the web series The Seventh Portal, a sci-fi version of The Punisher called The Accuser. Paul was exaggerating the company's profit to their investors. In manipulating stocks, the SEC eventually caught up to Paul and busted him for fraud in 2001. Lee was cleared of all wrongdoing, but was embarrassed in front of the comic book community at large. Ooh, fact number 30, what? I don't know. I don't know. Well, I'm, I still have like about seven facts down, down the series, so it's fine. Now, tongue in the cheek. Now, this is actually something that I really, really funny. Uh, Stanley actually created one season's, a one season wonder animation for Spike TV called Stripper Ella. <coughs> that starred Pamela Anderson. The show wasn't renewed for a second season, something Anderson was happy about in an interview in Vulture. Anderson simply commented, Stan wanted nudity, I did not. And here's the thing, she, it's not her, I think it's someone else. Someone else actually uh, filed a lawsuit against him. I think it was in the early 90s. And her only alibi is, she is the one who gave the... Um, she is the one who gave the the inspiration to Stanley because she gave him a lap dance. <clears throat> so, yeah. Now, there is one thing that I really like, that I really love about Stanley, especially in this fact, is that he admitted that at one point that he created Iron Man. And this is another fact. This is uh, fact number six in the list. Like, under, like, under 10. I think it's like uh, 36. 
So it's fact number 36. Lee admitted that when he created Iron Man and, well, Tony Stark, that the character was designed so audiences not relate to him and even dislike him. Lee also wanted to see if he could market the character so well that the audiences would buy the comic despite their reservation around the character. I thought it would be fun to take the kind of character that nobody would like, none of our readers would like either, and shove down their throats and make them like him. Given the success of our Man franchise, we would say, well, that was a very huge success. Now with fact number 37. Ooh, my head, my brain. I feel like I'm gonna have a fever. Like after this, I'm gonna turn off my laptop and just sleep. <clears throat> Stan Lee told Newsarama in 2015 when there was a dust up about the notion of the creating of the black Spider-Man. I wouldn't mind, but Peter Parker had already if Peter Parker had originally been black, a Latino, an Indian, or anything else, he would stay that way. But we originally made him white. I don't see any reason to change that. Well, let's chalk it up to old people being old. And also, let's be honest. Most people, like this problem of... Ooh, my head. Most people who think that Spider-Man should be black or Batman should be black or any character, any character that we've loved and grew up with being black, unfortunately, you cannot do that. You cannot do that for one reason. One reason only is that, let's see the time frame. At that time, being black was not good. Being black means that you were accused of racism, you were accused of bootleg, you were accused of a lot of things. You were also accused of a lot of shit. So, the fact that they made the character white is respecting the old-timer, or should I say the old-time uh, fragment of population and of mentality at that time. If, let's say, like for now, like when they made Black Panther, they made it black. They made a black guy for a good reason. Not because the reason of ethnicity or respect or that time. No. The background. It's an African tribe. You know. So, technically, what is the most thing known about African people? Being black. You know, so that's why. So you have to also think about the background of the character itself. Let's say, for example, like Peter Parker in uh, Spider-Man, especially the beginning, why did they make it white? They didn't just make it white just for the character, but let's say also an American guy. Of course, is any average American guy. Not all average American guy is a blonde-ass guy. It's a white guy. It's a Caucasian, yes. Black hair, maybe. Redhead, maybe. I don't know. But at least a white-skinned. So, yeah. Now with fact number... What? 38? Yeah, 38. 
Stan Lee has received tons of acclaim as the creator of his time, in his time, of the comic book industry. He rarely spreads any of that around. While Stan Lee was definitely a part of the creation of many famous characters, he was not the sole creator of any of them. He's oddly reluctant to give the credit to any others who have worked on the character, just like Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Thor, and etc. And according to veteran comic writer Gary Conway, Stan's got far too much credit. People have said Stan was out for number one. And to very large degree, that's true. He's a good guy. He's uh, just not a great guy. Fact number 39. Although Stan is very known for his meta touch, not everything has done has been a hit. Let's say, for example, there's Dragons vs. Panda. Uh, <clears throat> a children's book targeted to Chinese market. There's also Stanley's Hero Command, a mobile game where you play as a superhero that you've never heard of. And then there's his Backstreet Project, a comic book and a web series featuring the members of the Backstreet Boys. Oh! <laughs> God damn it, Stanley, what were you thinking? God darn it. <sighs> Number 40. Not for kids. At the height of Lee's fame, he pitched a comic to Playboy. What? Yes, I'm really right. That would be drawn by John Romita, an Einstein Award-winning artist who worked on The Amazing Spider-Man among the massive, other massive projects. According to Romita, the comic would have features character named High Priestess Clint... Oh boy, okay, I can't... I... Uh... Literally, High Priestess Clitana <clears throat> and Lord Pickerton. What? <laughs> I, I, I can't. I can't. I can't. And for the last fact, fact number 41. Money trouble. Even though Stan was receiving a nice payout from Marvel through much of the 90s and the 2000s, he owned no equity in Marvel when it was sold to Disney for $4 billion. Lee later said, one of my big, one of my lifelong regrets is that I have always been too casual about money. It's been made abundantly clear to me by friends, others, that I should have realized I was creating a whole cadable of characters that have become a valuable franchises, but I created them for others. We're glad that he, to see his luck changed. Oh, and that's it for today's podcast. I feel like I'm lightheaded. Jeez. Whew. Now I can take a breather. Well, I hope that you liked the podcast. And once again, don't forget, as always, be weird. Because if you're not, well, you're not. But if you are, you are, my friend. And also, I hope that you have a wonderful day, night, dusk, or twilight, wherever you are. I hope that you have a wonderful year. 
and that you have a very, very, very happy Christmas. Thank you. Bye, guys. See you later. See you later, tomato.